0: Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Knicks podcast, where we talk New York Knicks basketball and other news around the NBA. I am Jason Talbot, and with me is none other than Marcus Chinque. Marcus. How the hell are
1: you? Uh, I think I'm doing okay. Coming off a big uh, trivia win. So I'm feeling.
0: Oh, the the Seinfeld trivia master. I, I, that, that's how I wanted to introduce you, and I and I it and I'm sorry for that. Uh, but good to hear you're doing well, man.
1: It, yeah, I mean, I was a little nervous going in because this is a, a tournament of champions here, and we had uh, some heavy hitters in there—people who had been there several weeks, trying to get a win, and they couldn't get the win, and then I swoop in and just took the whole thing down so help from uh friends of the show the fishes (laughs) roger and jen roger roger gets a shout out
0: every show man
1: i mean he's he's here he lives around the corner i see him all the time (laughs) take the same train to work now i love that but uh yeah so out of but they told us the next round we're on to the semis so i'll have an update next week and it's supposed to get intense so they said one team got every single question right last time. So that's 79 questions that they got right. And, you know, I got my work cut out for me. I have to do a little studying this weekend and see where I land. Okay. But, yeah, yeah okay. That's, that's where I'm at. That's been the highlight of my week. Not like uh, these Knicks, but how are you feeling?
0: I'm feeling pretty good. I about the Knicks. I'm not feeling good. You know, before we started this podcast, I even said to you, "I was like, we can't, we can't just complain about the Knicks for 45 minutes." But you stink. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, the Knicks. Well, listen, before we get into the Knicks life, I'm doing pretty good. I'm feeling good. Tell me about it. Uh, you know, I've had a pretty relaxing week. We got a, you know, this is. The, Right now, this—I wish this could be full time. I wish we could just maybe talk Knicks and focus maybe on other news around the NBA a little bit more. Um, but you know, we have we have jobs outside of of this podcast, and we're starting a new job on Monday, so I've had the week off and just I've had time to watch all the Knicks games, which you think would be such a such a treat, but uh, <laughs> not really. It's been it's been rough, but other than that, I mean I'm I'm just relaxing. I'm feeling good. And I'm here now today show, to what
1: do you
0: Yeah, I wanna I wanna bring that that relax relaxed vibe to the podcast. But then I watch these nicknames, games, man, and I, and I start getting heated again. It just it immediately <laughs> turns 180 degrees. Uh, I'm about your mask, <laughs> and here we are. So let's just let's just get into it, man because I'm, really, I'm 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 thinking about it and it's making me upset since we last talked, the Knicks have lost three straight a nail biter against the Celtics, which was actually a really good game that that one hurt. I wasn't even that mad that the Knicks lost that game with Jason Tatum uh yeah, that's
1: last second one of those, shot they it was defended well he just hits a shot falling out of bounds. It's like, what can you do?
0: And what really sucked about that too was that they counted it as a three. And so we the Knicks it had no timeouts. Right. The Knicks had no timeouts. So they had to in ball, inbound the ball right away. And the best part about that was is that Julius Randle heaves a ball down the other side of the court to the other basket. So you're down three, or you at least you think you're down three. And you're not even giving yourself an opportunity to even shoot up a last second heave um, to try to tie it. I think this also but, shows you know, how the you know Knicks are I not it was? practicing end of game situations.
1: What I think it also was maybe, maybe he knew it was a two because he was standing right there and he knew he shot a two and just didn't even see what the score was. Or they threw it up to Mitch to tap it out to someone to hit a three. Cause he was, you know, he's the biggest guy in the middle, but, Again, there, it's still a stupid move because he's surrounded by four other guys. So, it's like, why would you do that? But, you know, like you said, because there was almost two seconds left on the clock. That's time to catch and shoot. I don't know what he's doing. And we could talk about Julius Randle some more because, uh, I don't know, man. You stink. There's something something going on with him.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, Oh, oh, we're going to get into it. Oh, we are going to get into it. Then the Knicks go... host a game at the Garden... with... the Sacramento Kings in town, and it was just... it was gross. It was just a gross game from the beginning. And I I don't even really want to talk about that game too much, because it was just so bad. And the Knicks, okay, they had a bad game. You kind of let that go, maybe, a little bit. Uh... It was just bad. It was really really bad. And then last night we wake up on this Thursday morning to bring the people the podcast. And last night's game was just brutal. From also from the beginning the Pistons have nobody other than Andre Drummond. Everyone's hurt.
1: I mean, but that just means you knew some random person was going to have the game of their lives and Tony style <laughs> doesn't to miss. And not miss a basket.
0: He I mean, literally has the game of his life. But even with that, like, last night's game, I mean, I want, so last night's game against the Pistons is kind of most fresh in our minds, so I'd like to maybe dive into last night's game first. Yeah. So... What do you even want to begin here? I you got to real me in this episode, thing- man, because I'm I'm doing a lot of uh, head scratching, head rubbing. Eye, eye rolling. I I roll in. I need you, I really need you to help me here on, on, I mean, on this I cast today.
1: Where we need to start, and it's been brewing for the last few days, is does David Fitzdale know how to coach basketball? Because and we touched on it last time, and. I don't know. It's just they, you know, all the the Nick fans have been. There's been rumblings of, oh, do we fire Fisdale during the the last game at the Garden? There were cha- there was very faint fire Fizdale chance. So this is the first time he's heard that. Yep. You know, last year we kind of gave him a buy because we knew that they were tanking for the lottery. We knew that this is a rebuilding year, and now it's like, okay, you got all these guys. You pick these guys, what are you going to do with them? And I don't know if it's so much fizz as also the front office of who they sign because they're signing a bunch of guys that don't compliment each other and you're missing some key pieces in shooters and legitimate point guards. So it's like, I don't, yeah, I don't know who's more to blame. And the players are to blame too because they have to execute these uh sure whatever game plans that they have and i don't know that they really know what they're doing yet and maybe you know, don't panic because you know it's only seven eight games into the season but you know, they got to all get used to each other and they got to figure each other out and this and that it's all new guys but at some point uh you gotta look around and say like who like who's to blame here and how are they going to fix it? Like, what is the fix to what's going on? And me personally, I think it's the point guard situation, which is crazy because they were talking like, Oh, we got three point guards on the team. Like they all got to Mm -hmm. battle it out for, for the starting spot. And granted there's been, you know, personal issues and now injuries getting in the way. And now it's just Frank and RJ, that can run the point, and neither of them are your traditional point guards. So you're going up against these teams that have them, and you see what a point guard's supposed to be doing. And we're not getting that at all. We have nobody that can do that.
0: Well, that And and oh, that's what I wanted to oh, touch on first, because as, as angry as I am with the Knicks, uh, who right now share the same record as the New York Jets at 1-7, and seven, uh, the, the Knicks have a really bad point guard situation right now Which is not their fault completely, because we said it after the first game that we loved Alfred Payton and what he was doing. So as Knicks fans, we wanted to see Alfred Payton get the start and be the Knicks starting point guard. He's been hurt, and he hasn't been playing. So now you look, okay, what else do we have? Well, on the depth chart, you have Dennis Smith Jr., and you have Frank Nielakina. Dennis Smith had some personal issues off the court, and when we saw Dennis Smith play, we weren't really that impressed you stink uh but i've always said i wanted to see dennis smith out there at least with frank playing the two because i think frank's defense would help dennis smith and allow him still to help facilitate the offense but give him that support he needs on defense we didn't see that but then you also had frank who i've been saying i didn't really like him playing point guard but he's had to step in and be the point guard and i think last night you know i'm a frank fan and I'm guilty. I am a Frank. I'm a Frank Neal fan. Love the French Prince. He is my guy. And even with all the bad stuff that's been happening, I like the way Frank has been playing. You could see that his confidence is building up some. I'm still not 100% there on his point guard skills. But like you have just said, with the, the Knicks in general – And how are we going to fix this? One of the things you just want to see is game to game them getting better and figuring it out because these guys don't know each other. And as each game has gone by, there's only a handful of players that I see that are progressing. One of those guys is Frank Nelakina. RJ Barrett would be another guy. (laughs) Oh, man. Wow, that soundbite. You, yeah, I, that is old school. I told you I had a good one. Bro. Yeah. That's a little bit of an inside thing right there, but wow, that's a good one. We got to go to the doctor, Frank. <laughs> I said we got to go to the doctor. Throwback to ad school. Uh, oh, man, that, that's, that has thrown me off a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. But, you, but so, so coming back to the main point of we got to – here's where we can cut the next a little bit of slack. They do have – this point guard situation we'll call it that they've had to work through but if you coach a team in the NBA Fizdale you got to work with what you have and even with those hurdles that you got to jump you have to like make best of the situation and i still don't see Fizdale doing that and putting Wayne Ellington at point guard it, it, it drives me nuts when he does things like that. You you were telling me game one, and I come back to this point, that Alonzo Trier was your starting point guard game one. Starting point guard, which everyone thought was weird. He can't be even a backup point guard when all your point guards are hurt. Like, Wouldn't it make sense to get Trier in there as a sub for Frank versus putting in Wayne Ellington, whose only purpose on this team is to shoot threes? And he's and he's not even doing that anymore because now he's trying to run an offense which he can't. He's trying to play defense which he can't. So okay, do the one good thing, hit some threes. Oh, you can't do that now either? You you're useless to me then.
1: And that's the craziest thing like you hear uh Fizdale in these interviews after the games and stuff and I remember I don't know if you saw it, but I he says how much he loves Wayne Ellington. It's like if If we can't get Wayne into a game, then we're not doing the right things. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, I get it. He's a vet and he can hit threes every now and then. But other than that, like when he's not hitting threes, take him out of the game. Like what else does he bring you? You know, and it's just, it's it's frustrating to see like what he's seeing and what he wants out there that's not helping the team at all. You stink.
0: Yeah, you stink. Uh, yeah, it's... It's just... It's frustrating. It's so frustrating. So, I don't want to get in the weeds, like, too much with... Oh, man. God. I'm not, it's happening. It's happening. I'm getting... I'm breaking down, man. <laughs> I'm breaking down. So, last night's game, yeah, it was just bad across the board. Uh... I mean, we could go through all the things I can't stand. Well, there was one more thing, too. I mean, I've talked about the Julius Randle and Taj Gibson. Not Julius Randle. Uh, the the Bobby, Portis and, Bobby Portis and Taj Gibson playing those two guys at the same time. I'm getting to a point where I can't stand either of them on the floor by themselves. Uh, Taj Gibson actually played uh, decent, I thought.
1: Because um, he's not asked to really do much. That's the thing with Taj That's why I don't mind him so much because he doesn't really do much you know he'll grab some rebounds yeah uh if he's open he'll shoot it but Bobby Portis he had his one big game at the garden in their one win and then starts to maybe feel himself a little bit and he's missing so many layups it's like you are six eleven, you are five feet away from the basket he's throwing up those little jump hooks and he misses them all the time and that's why they're offensive rebound numbers are so good because yeah. they keep missing all these layups and they're right there. And it's, I don't know if they're trying to pat the stats or what, but there's so many points left on the table by, from layups and free throws that are just, I, I don't understand it as an NBA player. You gotta be able to hit your free throws and you gotta be able to make wide open layups when you're under the basket. It's like, yeah. What, what, else, what else are you doing? You are getting paid to do this. I have a lot of
0: experience with being on bad basketball teams and, and being a bad basketball team fan. <laughs> and at the end of the day, you got to start from the bottom. And you have to do the little things right first before you can make a jump. So we can get on the Knicks about all these different things they need to do and Fizdale with his lineups and this, that, and the other thing. But let's start with the basics. Number one, you got to hit free throws. You're not going to be a successful team in the NBA if you don't hit free throws. And the perfect example of that was last night's game. I did not get the New York Knicks feed uh, because I'm in Detroit. So I'm listening to the, the Detroit announcers. And at halftime, they were loving the Knicks. They were loving the way they were playing. They were really loving the way Frank was playing. They loved the way they were moving the ball. Uh, if you notice, when the Knicks were coming up, Frank, they ran the same play pretty much every time,
1: every time down the floor. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Frank comes up, dribbles it, hands it off, get it to the top of the key, and they wrote a pick and roll. I, I, I was like, wow, that they're running an offense. And it's working, and they kept going back to it. Loved it. The Knicks... And Pistons at halftime were nearly identical in field goal percentage, with the amount of attempts and amounts made. the The Pistons just had one. They were identical, exactly for three pointers attempted and made. I think rebounds was nearly identical. There was one stat that was different, and the Knicks were down five, and that was free throws. And the Knicks are not hitting free throws, and now they're down five. And in basketball every single point f- matters you got to hit free throws and it's so it's such a simple thing to do you guys play in the nba uh and and to me that's a lack of discipline that's all it is and i i got to put that on the coach and i think some of it is a little unfair because rj barrett he's 19 years old and he's got to work on his free throws and i think he's been being Bringing down the team's overall free throws, but you know Frank missed a couple. Other guys too started missing. Yeah, it's
1: unbelievable.
0: It's a it's a team thing that you gotta fix because when you're, as I said, when you're a bad team, the Knicks are now the worst team in basketball by record. You gotta fix those simple things, and the next thing would be layups, as you just said. The New York Knicks are not a good offensive rebounding team. They get a lot of offensive rebounds, but it's not because they are good at it. They are good at missing layups and missing even shots and then getting the ball right back. It was like when Melo used to have like, oh, he's getting seven 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 rebounds a game. And I'm like, six of those were like on the same play when he missed like six straight layups. So, you know. It's enough and to be the, a bad I mean, team, but you have to. Fix what's those the first thing things? you
1: do when you come out on the floor before a game? Layup, Layup lines. lines, yeah. First thing you got to do, and it's like, what? The, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, they want to do the fancy dunks and show out and this stuff. How about you just try to make one? You know, that's, that's just work on hitting it off the glass. You know, that's all you got to do. Make sure you got a good feel for the basket, feel for the game, and then do whatever you want. But None of you are LeBron or you know that could just go and dunk the ball whenever or hit an nice or Kyrie that hits it off of weird parts of the backboard and always manages to get it in. You're not those guys. Basics, basics. That's all you need to learn. Same thing with the free throws. And you hear them talk about it like they're aware that there's a problem with the free throw shooting. And you know Rebecca's like, yeah, she talks to the to the coaches and like, oh, we're working on RJ's form and making sure his feet are set right and stuff and. It's like he needs to be in the – all of them need to be in the gym, not leaving until they hit 500 yeah. free throws. That simple. You can throw me in there. I'll hit at least 7 out of 10. Cool. <laughs> I'm that confident.
0: It's it's really sad. And it all comes back to when you're just – you're a bad team. You got to fix those things first. Um, it's bad. Uh so it, it's it's funny too because I was thinking I said at the beginning I didn't want to just go back and forth talking about the Knicks problems, but
1: there's a lot of stress I, up there. I, you
0: know? I can't. The only bright spots that I have with the Knicks right now are RJ Barrett and I'll say Frank <laughs> Ntilikina. I'm very happy with the way he's been playing, and I'll keep saying it because when you look at this team, I, I'm from top down. I just. I'm, I'm very upset, and I want to get into the other thing that is upsetting me the most, and it's something we've talked about. It's Marcus Morris, and it's Julius Randle. This Knicks team, I said it on the first cast of the season, I did not want to see Marcus Morris being the go-to guy with this team. And, and for that matter... I questioned, could he be a leader and how could he lead this team? And what I've seen so far, I'm really, really disappointed just across the board because he's chucking shots constantly. I Like watching the Pistons game with him and his brother going back and forth shot for shot was making me (laughs) nauseous. (laughs) I'm like, how did we get here? I don't want to watch this. I do not watch the NBA. To watch the Morris Twins trading buckets back and forth. <laughs> like That is not why we became basketball fans. And it's funny because at the same time, you got James Harden, who's just amazing, him and Westbrook. And then coming up at 10, you got the Clippers-Milwaukee game. And I'm just like... Can I just? And then I also noticed Goodfellas was on while I was watching the Nick game, and I'm like, I'm flipping back and forth. And I'm like, should I just stop watching this game completely? A little uh, Henry Hill action right now. I mean, it's just, it's gross. And I, as a Nick fan, I, what were you excited about coming in for the season? RJ, Knox, Alonzo Trier, Frank's growth, uh, You know, even want to see Randall and see his other Marcus Morris was had to be at the bottom of my list of things I wanted to see when watching the Knicks. And then at the end of the game he gets another technical. Like this guy, what what is it that this guy brings to the team? Because honestly he seems like a big bonehead. Yeah,
1: they're like, Oh, I want to bring toughness back to the garden and I wanna be able to, you know, like protect the home floor, make sure the whole guy's accountable and this and that, but yeah I mean, and the the thing that's frustrating also is he's scoring the most points like he's actually not you know when it comes to getting buckets, he's got I think he scored like twenty eight in the last three games, and it's very I don't know, you know like he can't be your go to score and it's padded I stats that, too.
0: It's very. It's just. Yeah. You, if you just look at the stats and you don't watch the games, you're like, "Oh, Marcus Morris is actually producing. Julius Randle is producing well." But it, for us Nick fans that are watching the game, it's because he's ball stopping and not moving the ball around, and he's just playing these one on one fadeaways, and it's it's it it's ruining the flow of the game. It's it's not pretty, and it's not fun. It's not fun to watch.
1: Yeah, your shot also just looks. Like I don't know, he's always kicking his foot out. He's gonna get, he's gonna get called for something at some point because he keeps doing that. But you know, it's. I think my biggest gripe is with Julius Randle in that he just can't figure out what to do on the court, and he looks lost. You know, it's one thing. That's a really good point. It's one thing when you're playing alongside Anthony Davis. And that's why he's never been double-teamed and triple-teamed. And now that he is, I'm seeing shades of Eddie Curry. Yeah. And he just couldn't figure out how to pass out of the double-team. Yeah. And it's like, how are they not showing him? And Fissel says, oh, we work on it in practice. You know, like we're showing, we're showing the types of defenses that he's going to be facing. And God, somehow he, when he does that, he's just like, you know, he's flustered. Sometimes he has a couple good passes, but – the way, like it's simple things like the way, the place where he holds the ball, he always brings it down to his shins and dribbles and like, it off why his are you knees. the ball down yeah. below, and then he loses it, either gets stripped or he dribbles it off his foot. <laughs> and like, why are you doing that? You know, it's just like what are they let watching me, in well, the film room?
0: Let me ask you: Do you think? Because this is what I'm debating. Because as a player, you could see the potential in Randall. He's just such a big boy. He can move quickly. Uh, y- you see it. You see that this guy is capable. And sometimes he makes some ridiculous shots where you're like, wow, this guy can play. And he's another guy. When you look at the stat line, you're very pleased. Do you blame him more or do you blame the coaching more? Because I don't feel... I'm kind of stuck right in the middle because everything you're saying, I completely agree with, but at the same time, I also feel like the coaching staff is not putting Julius Randle in a position to succeed and they're not coaching him well. And I'm starting to notice that with all the, I guess, somewhat veteran players on the team, Portis, Randall and Morris are kind of the older guys. Cause everyone else is like 19, 20 years old. So are they giving these guys too much free reign and not coaching these guys up? Because someone, someone should just tell Julius Randall, like, Hey, stop posting up 15 feet away from the basket and dribbling it off your shins. Like go get in better position closer to the basket. Like if I have to watch this guy at the top of the key, just put his head down, dribble straight to the basket and I don't know how the refs don't call an offensive foul on him every time because he just throws his off arm and throws everyone out of the way to get an easy layup. And it's a foul every time. <laughs> like, it's it's so obvious. Um, but I, I don't know who I should I should blame more.
1: I mean, I, I know we've been harping on the coaching staff. Yeah. But because a lot of it's breaking habits because you, clearly you see like Julius Randle – he does it all the time and you got to get him to stop doing it. you got to say, <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is what you're doing constantly. Knock it off. And he just, I, I don't know. I, I would say, yeah, you blame the coaches because you got, and they all say like, Oh, he's, he's in there watching film and breaking down everything. Like he's aware of what it is, but like, is he, you know, because again, it's muscle memory. You're used to doing it when you get the ball in certain spots, you're used to doing the same things. You got to get on him and just like, yell it from across the court if you have to. Just, like, back down, like, five to seven more feet. You know, like, you don't have to be getting the ball. And you see, they all do it, too. Like, it's part of the plays. They're like, Frank brings it up. He passes off to Randall. RJ comes around and picks it up, runs around, gets it into a a post-up with Julius, like, 17 feet away from the basket. And then he turns and tries to make a a break to the rim. And... It's like, you know, it doesn't work. You know, you gotta move the ball around and just take that shot from five to seven feet away from the rim and you're good. But even now, like, I'm watching his shot too. It's like he looks like he's pushing the ball instead of actually shooting it. And yeah, he just looks lost. He looks the lost. Whole, yeah. Confused and-, and for the
0: whole team, the whole team looks lost, I will say. It, it's just they look desperate. And... And I'm and I'm seeing at the end of ga- it's the same, it's the same shit at the end of games, where the ball movement stops, and it becomes the Marcus Morris Julius Randall show, and
1: I, <laughs> and then even when RJ, you can see RJ kind of takes it, sometimes will take it into his own hands and just you know attack the basket. But well, the thing is, teams are probably gonna let him do that because they know he can't in free, free throws. throws. Yeah, so it's like, sure, I'll foul him, and he'll go one of two or oh of two, and but, you walk away with a positive yeah. possession. I mean, I'll
0: take that all day, though. I, at least I like that. I like, I like his mentality of him going to the basket, and it puts the pressure on him to improve with his free throw shooting. I, I don't really have a problem with that because even every t- every time RJ goes to the basket, I feel pretty good about it. Like, I like the way he goes to the basket. He's so good at it. When I watch Randall go to the basket, I'm always like, oh, my God, don't triple off your shin. Oh, my God, please stop. When I watch Morris go to the basket, I'm like, dude, it's like slow motion. Oh, my God, you're going to fall over. You're going to start screaming and get a technical. Uh, it just – maybe it's just a feeling? <laughs> I don't, I don't, is it even <sighs> – It's driving me nuts. And with all of this going on, I I just start to think now too, and this was another thing I wanted to ask you. I already know I don't want Marcus Morris on this team next year. I don't want him in the future. And I'm almost getting close to say that the Julius Randle experiment, I know he's on a three-year deal, but the third year is a team option. I don't know if I'm going to want to pay this guy. We're building all this young talent, this and that. Is this a guy that you think can improve his game enough that you're gonna want to pay down the road? And I know we're only Unless eight games in the is... season, but I'm a little worried. I was so excited Unless when the Knicks signed him, him, and I'm already another... I'm already ready to jump shit, man.
1: <laughs> Unless you can pair him with another superstar, that's or a star at least. That's probably the only way he's really gonna shine because you're seeing he can't handle being the main guy and the only time he flourished was when he was next to Anthony Davis and he could, you know, no one was really paying attention to him. So, you know, he played himself into a big contract and the Knicks were the only ones uh, willing to give him that, that, that contract. And he's not showing that he's worth it. And yet, like I said, it's only eight games into the season, but, we're seeing things that just aren't aren't clicking don't look right and don't look they should be fixable, but I don't have any confidence yeah. that they can fix it
0: and and this is a thing you know again, we talk about the coaching staff and we've been giving them a really hard time, but I want to see Alonzo Trier on the floor. I want to see Kevin Knox on the floor. I want to see the Knicks' young guys out there. This team is not going anywhere. We have to grow these guys, and we've saw to with the lottery last year. No one knows where anyone's going to fall. Us being the, the the worst team in the league doesn't solidify first the number one pick or the number two pick or even the number three pick. The Knicks are so lucky that they got RJ Barrett. They're so lucky,
1: and I so don't, I feel like we're gonna have that same luck.
0: Like, yeah, and
1: and, and of course, when the Knicks blot, we're gonna end up at number
0: 12. right, the, the Knicks finally <laughs> get this bad, and then they change the rules. <laughs> so it's it's just one thing after another. Uh, let's let's move on for a little Friday night preview: Knicks, Mavs. KP's coming to town.
1: Uh,
0: I think it's so appropriate be. that the Mavs are going to come to town and the Knicks are in the state that they're in and the Mavs are in the state that they're in. And it's just it lines up <laughs> it lines up so perfect. It truly is perfect. The Mavs are 5 and 2. The Knicks are 1 and 7. Look at the trade that the Knicks made. And like and them coming into town, it's just the Knicks got hosed, man. This is going to go down as one of the worst probably the worst Knicks trade maybe in history.
1: Yeah. And and I, I, it still gets to me that they didn't really have to do it. And they keep saying it's like, oh well, if we knew he was gonna leave, we had to make the trade. Like you didn't have to do anything. You just yeah, like, I don't know, send a hooker to his room or something.
0: <laughs> you know? it's just like, maybe, yeah, well, the Knicks I, I still agree that the Knicks had to make a trade. When a guy doesn't want to be there, you have to make a trade. But you don't have to make a bad trade. <laughs> no one no one no one's telling you 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 have to make a trade where you're virtually if if you don't value Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, that was really the trade. We got Dennis Smith Jr. and a couple first-round picks. Well, Dennis Smith Jr. is already looking out like it's not going to pan out. Maybe there's still some hope. I've been skeptical of that. I I mean, he hasn't really played, and we can still see. Maybe he ends up being a player that can be in a rotation. But now even these picks that we got, if the Mavericks are in the playoffs, that pick is it's nice. It's fine. But wasn't really the hope that we were going to get some lottery picks? Or why wouldn't we make a trade with a team that would give us a better chance?
1: That you know, like, make a trade with, like, Phoenix.
0: Or, and and, and what makes me so...
1: Trade, look at Phoenix now, and they look great, so... Yeah, uh, and
0: and you see these <laughs> trades that Boston has made in the past to get all these first-round picks from Brooklyn, or you see the trade that the Pelicans made in the offseason to get all this young talent and what they got for Anthony Davis. Now, to say KP is not Anthony Davis is a fact, but KP is also a young, up-and-coming all-star, potential superstar potential. The verdict isn't out yet. And we got... we're, we're basically getting nothing. It's going to, at the, this trade, when we look five years down the line, it is very possible that the Knicks got nothing for trading away KP other than getting rid of Tim Hardaway's contract.
1: I forgot Courtney Lee is still there, too. Some, some ride in the pine the other night.
0: Yeah. And, and, and it also, thing, it, though- it also allowed the Knicks, I want to say, to, by trading away KP, which whether he had the Knicks had to or not, up for debate, that meant the Knicks were starting over from scratch again. Because right now you look at the Knicks and their best player and their future is number nine, RJ Barrett, who is 19 years old. So the Knicks are officially this year starting from square one again because of that trade. But your best player is 19, and your future is 19 years old. Like, that's just the reality. And you're 1-7. You're the worst team in the league. You can't get yeah, any worse. I just
1: worse. don't want to see... I just don't want to see RJ be put in the same position that KP was. That's no, right. Where you're just surrounded by losing all the time, and it weighs on me, you know? And <laughs> yeah. then you're just like, oh, get out of here. And we're just in... We're just in that... Circle of start again, start again, start again, and oh, oh boy! It
0: it I it, it kind of worries me that we're already in it.
1: Yeah, we're in the, and, this next
0: bubble of sadness,
1: and then it makes you wonder about you got to look again at the top to at the at the, the, the GMs and what moves they're making. And I know that they say like Fizzdale's job is safe because and but only because they want to develop some stability in the organization that's the only yeah. reason that was given well not because they think he's doing a good job it's because like oh ah, well we don't want to start all over again right but that's what i'm here well the
0: say. best part too is that the front office we're just talking about this trade with the mavericks that the knicks made they're the, the front office they're the ones that made the trade so they're also making yeah. bad decisions
1: they're just like the like R.J. picking R.J. Barrett and, in draft was a no-brainer, so you can't really mess. You had out. to, right? But but then you have look at the sign. They weren't able to sign a big name free agent, but then look at who they did sign. And again, everyone the first thing everyone was saying was they have four power forwards and like three or four point guards. What? Uh, where? Where? Where's the team? And you gotta think like, oh, maybe we could figure it out. We were, we were like, okay, yeah, they got a nice mix of vets and and young guys, and they 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 could figure it out. They have players, they have talent, yeah, as opposed to last year, right? But you gotta pick the right talent,
0: and you gotta use that talent
1: to complement each other.
0: And it's about how you use that talent. You guys pick these guys, like you said, you're talking these guys up. We finally have some players, but then the way you're using them, you're, you're not doing a very good job. I mean, the Knicks have. Like, I mean, how many games have the Knicks actually been in of these eight games? The schedule has not been that tough. I mean, you could argue they were in the Spurs did, game, like, they were in that no, Celtics game, they and they and the, they, and the games, game that they won, they were obviously in.
1: Yeah, so five five of the eight, they were in it in the fourth quarter. Really, was it that many Yeah, they were. Yeah, the Spurs game, they had the lead in the fourth. Yes. Spur- Brooklyn the- game, they had the lead in the fourth. Oh, uh, the uh, Boston, Brooklyn, yeah, and they got four. Left. okay. And the Bulls game, come back, they win. Boston, they were in there at sure. the end again. They, they had, they had chance. I mean, that's
0: okay. Yeah, so five of the eight, they're in. So three out of the eight games, they're not even in.
1: They could have very easily been five and three, and it comes down to those little things. That we were talking about earlier that needs to be corrected and they're just not doing it because it shows so much more at the end of the game the free throws the isolation plays the you know dribbling up and dribbling yeah. off. but the turnovers that come in the worst possible times of a game and that's what's been losing them these games because these guys like this does putting the wrong people on yeah. The court at the same time. And and,
0: and I hate like, I hate to keep fine. doing it, but <laughs> my the eye test I keep going to coaching. It looks more like coaching and missing free throws, missing layups, everything we talk about, it it's discipline. Uh and and you know what you And know the, what, the players do need some accountability, thing. but these guys got to be coached. Or get the poor get the, that player out of there. You know what I mean? Just take him out.
1: I'm going to say something that you'll probably like, and I didn't know if I was going to do it this this early, but I think the lone bright spot, like you said, is Frank. <laughs> Thank you. <And laughs> Thank he you. wouldn't have even gotten the chance if those other two guards didn't go down. I don't think Fisdale would have yeah. played him. And he's only playing him out of necessity, and now you're seeing what he brings.
0: And now that he's getting more playing time, his confidence is built. There was a point in the Pistons game where, I mean, Frank, I I thought still he played a great game. And Fizzdale took him out and everything fell apart when Ellington's playing point guard. So Frank played a lot of minutes and got back in there. But there was one play Frank had just, I think, hit a three. And then he, I don't know, might have had a steal or they come back down the court. And the way he was dribbling. He almost did like a spin and then he had to like check himself. He like stopped and then like handed the ball out. And I was like, let's Wait a minute, go. I don't know how to
1: make that move. <laughs>
0: yeah. I was like, well, okay. That's what I want to see, man. The Detroit announcers we were loving go to Frank. Doctor, Frank. <laughs> I said we gotta go to- and it was just, uh, it was good to see. And that's, that's like, that's what I want to see. I want to see Fizz groom these players and build up their confidence like now with Trier, and i'm like this is a guy nick fans like want to see on the team imagine being a guy you get called to be the starting point guard in the first game which i think is absolutely crazy but that's kind of a confidence booster you're like okay cool that's that's awesome i'm gonna go out do my best then he goes out there he doesn't play well and then since that game he's like not getting any playing time you're killing this guy's confidence. Why would this guy want to say? And he's got to sit on the bench and watch this whole Nick game? I'm watching at home and I'm pulling my hair out. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be interested in Trier and could get him on a discount where he's going to get some minutes. I don't want to lose these guys. And Kevin Knox, I'm the same thing. I'm, I'm, I'm Kevin Knox. I'm sitting on the bench watching Marcus Morris throw temper tantrums. <laughs> And and chucking ugly shots, taking 15 shots a game? I want Knox taking 15 shots a game. Like,
1: it's just, I don't... saw Knox out there at the end, but still, like, you're only going to do it when you're down by 20 points. Yeah. And that's when you think that Marcus Morris is your best shot to get back into a game? Like, Kevin Knox's shot, like, I want, I would take him, like, run plays just for an open jumper for him. He's been working on that shot, and it looks like great. Said, it's smooth. It looks good. while he was loving it, and
0: I think he's even improving he his layups a little bit too. I I, I see and the he effort a at of times. Goes,
1: like away, he took a couple, away, but layup. he's yeah, not but falling he away a, as much. He's, he's learning how to do it. I think is the thing. It's like he's not just throwing it up there. He realizes he's working the angle right so that he can yeah. hang and just hit it off the glass. He's not just kind of throwing it up there. He knows that that's his move, and he's making it work. So, you got to just give these guys, let them play. And I don't want it to come to the point where it's like, oh, wait, we know the season's watched, and now we're just going to play the young guys like they did last year. It's like, you got to, you can you can blend them in, but you, with the with the vets and. Coach
0: to win! Coach to win coach, with yeah, your you young know, guys and vets. Like, yeah, I'm, coach I'm. To
1: develop, coach I'm, to win, yeah. and you got to know when these young guys, like, they're not, like, you got one rookie who doesn't I, play like a rookie. And. The yeah, guys that have been in it before, and they know, they know what to do. So let them getting let heated. You're getting, it out. you're getting
0: heated over there. I, I can feel it. I can feel it through the microphone. It's,
1: it's, it's too much, man. So, so I want to.
0: Okay. So th- we said this is what we said we didn't want to do. <laughs> we totally did it. The Knicks are frustrating the hell out of us. Uh, I don't really have much confidence in Friday's game. Uh, I think it's going to be really ugly. And I think KP, honestly, I, I think he's going to show up. Julius Randle, uh, and I, I expect it to be a Marcus Morris Chuck fest. I expect uh, played- Luca played- to just destroy us. Um, the way, I mean, Luca, the way he facilitates an offense and all the ball movement, I think he frustrates defenses so much. And you know, when the Knicks, if they're going to get frustrated on D, everything's going to fall apart. I hope. That just pure adrenaline is gonna will this team to keep it close. But I think Dallas is a much better team, and I don't and have they, much expectations.
1: On Friday, they play them in Dallas and then they play them in New York like five days later. So Great. It's gonna be
0: We need the Knicks need Alfred Payton back, ASAP, or even Dennis Smith uh, back, and you know, we've said everything we said got to fix the lineups this and that. I when you were saying before when we were uh, before we wrap it up with the Knicks talk, I thought of a good analogy of what it's like to be a Knicks fan. That maybe just maybe we're like Jim Carrey in the Truman show. Knicks fans are Truman <laughs> and we're stuck in this world where there are all these hints people saying that you know there's another world out there (laughs) and we're just lost in this thing we keep believing that that, like this is real and that we're gonna go to you know i don't know we're gonna go to fiji and that's that's the nba championship and but no we're we're trapped none of this is real dolan is looking in his little bubble on the moon looking down controlling all this stuff and every day is just gonna be the same it's not gonna change man
1: that's pretty good (laughs) Uh, I might go watch that movie.
0: Great, great movie. Great movie. What a Jim, maybe Jim Carrey's best, actually.
1: That's where I think his career took a change. He <laughs> yeah. saw he could, he could like do, handle a serious role.
0: Um, it took a real change when he started like making that, those horror movies.
1: It was that, and then he did uh, uh, Man on the Moon.
0: Yeah, I actually wanted to re-watch that. I watched the documentary about Jim Carrey playing... Andy Kaufman and it was uh it was really good.
1: I heard it's really good. Yeah. It was I was listening to a podcast about the movie.
0: Yeah, it, it was really good. It was it's kinda sick uh what Jim Carrey did and how he became Andy Kaufman. It, it was it's really disturbing in a way, but it's it's very cool. Uh which is a perfect segue to get off the Knicks talk. You watching watching anything good lately? You gotta. I know. Yeah, you. You said at the beginning how you just won your Seinfeld trivia. So I don't know if you've been just yeah, watching I mean, Seinfeld, touching up.
1: It's weird. I was watching more Friends than Seinfeld, so that's why I was a little nervous. <laughs> uh, a little. This is us, just to keep the keep the, yeah. the emotions going after watching. I'm, I'm I'm caught
0: up on This Is Us. I it, it keeps bringing me back in. Oh,
1: man. The last two episodes. As a young black man. Yeah, it's you know, heavy. Had me, had me having some like <laughs> Oh man, this is good stuff. But uh, yeah, that's that's really the only new show that I keep that I keep up with because I keep watching a bunch of old stuff. But you know, I've you, you said something to me the other day that had me thinking about these Knicks and maybe what they need is a little uh, the Minnesota Miracle man, if you know who.
0: Who I'm talking about? <laughs> I do, I do, I think so.
1: The, the, those cake-eater tricks. It's, it's the Mighty Ducks. On, oh. The Mighty
0: Ducks reboot. Um, yeah, Disney.
1: Quack, 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 quack.
0: <laughs> Disney Plus is coming out, so I think they're just bringing out all the stops. Uh, sure, you don't, why know not? Like, why not? Why not?
1: That's, that's one movie, though I think is easy to reboot. Cause it's just a sports movie, so you find some new little chucklehead kids in Minnesota, and I don't know—is it—is it—is Charlie the the new coach? Is his life in shambles, and he's got to come back to his roots and figure it out? I don't know.
0: Yeah, Charlie started I, I drinking after uh, the Team USA loss at a very early age.
1: Out of school, he doesn't know. <laughs> oh yeah, D three. Right.
0: I always forget about D three. I actually like D three. It's good. Um, yeah,
1: Gordon comes back. He helps them keep their scholarships. He's still a, he's still legally an attorney. Oh, God. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> in the original Mighty Ducks, is he gets fired from his high-paying lawyer job because he wouldn't withdraw his protest to not have Adam Banks on his team.
0: It's hardcore, man.
1: He can't do that. <laughs> like, he should have been able to sue that law firm it's like, are you willing to throw away your career over some kids, some game? Yes. And they just fired it. Like, <laughs> you can't do that. I'm pretty sure that that's illegal. <laughs> just because of Pee Hockey. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> we
0: should we should look into that. Start fact checking. Uh...
1: Crazy. I wanna. I might write a letter. To be like, guys. <laughs>
0: well, that's well, that's why they want to make they want to reboot. They gotta they gotta fix those those mistakes, man.
1: I mean, granted, he did pay for their entire team, pretty much. But so maybe he feels like he has a say. Yeah. I because he put them. I got you made it pay for this team. You made it pay for this jersey, but you didn't earn it. I actually, speaking actually, of... I was just watching this movie recently. That's why it's funny. Yeah, speak, uh,
0: speaking of reboots, we always, we're always always sick of, you know, reboots. But there's one reboot I actually had a great idea for. Eddie 2. <laughs> but let a kid run the Knicks. Let's just see what happens. And you know what? I think they should make this a real-life thing.
1: Just make it a documentary.
0: Yeah. Just let, and let a, let a kid... I'm sure there's a smart kid out there loves basketball. Maybe he'd do a better job. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, so, uh,
1: you could be onto something.
0: Oh that. man, Marcus, it's been real. Always a pleasure. I hope the next time we talk, we'll have a little more. We're gonna keep next episode all positive. Nothing but positivity. Coming that in next time
1: positive things to, to talk yeah. about. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's yeah, that's probably the first step. But
1: And if not, we'll talk uh, talk about the ducks.
0: We'll talk let's talk ducks. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, it's been real. Thanks for stopping in. This has been Let's Talk Nicks. We'll talk to you next time.